Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Managers and Governmental Politics, Oil and Water, Part 2. Here we go. Okay, you're recommending we don't talk about politics, but it is true that a lot of professional managers can and do discuss governmental actions. That happens quite a bit, particularly at senior levels, right? I mean, how is that different? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know there are people out there right now going, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Well, my company is different. We work closely with the government. We're in a heavily regulated yeah. industry. We have governmental operations. We have to stay up on federal or national laws. We're a nonprofit. We're funded by the government. The government gives us grants. We have to be political. Yeah, it's true. And so, so yeah, it is. You're, you're yeah, wrong. I agree. You're obviously I, no, wrong. I agree. podcast is just <laughs> based in This non-fact. is so much fun. No. Don't worry. I agree with you there. For the most part, what we're talking about in that little aside, wait, 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 my company is different, is not politics. It's governmental operations. Let me say this. When we talk politics, we mean partisan politics, one side versus the other. Nevertheless, if the government passes a law and the law says your company's going to have to pay more taxes than somebody else, or we're going to give this grant to them and not them... That's not politics. That's governmental operations. That's the outcome of the government as opposed to the inner workings of the government or the fight to determine who's going to get to determine the outcome. So when you're talking about we have a, we need to be closely aligned or associated with the government, then what you're talking about there is just governmental operations. It's not politics. And yeah, the modern world, as we alluded to, has seen a shrinking of the separation between governments and corporate organizations. In fact, there are Many, many, many science fiction futures, not utopias, but dystopias where nation states go away and they're all corporate states, right? And the big companies are running things. And there are people who don't like big companies and think that the rise of big companies and the growth of big companies means that someday Apple is going to take over the country of America, right? I don't know. I, iPads for everybody. Example. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And higher taxes. So – it's normal for virtually all organizations to have some interest in how their government works, particularly as it relates to regulations, taxes, and incentives that are applied to their day-to-day -day operations. So you're fine. It's okay to have an interest in that and to seek a voice as an organization to attempt to influence that. So look, if you're talking about a rule that a liberal, liberal Democrat is trying to pass, I'm, I'm making that up in, let's say, the United Kingdom, um, and let's say they're going to raise taxes on your industry and therefore your firm, you absolutely can share your opinion about it. The organization, and I say you, your organization is not just okay for your organization to have a point of view or for you to have a point of view about that as a manager in the organization. It's expected that the organization will attempt to help explain why those raised taxes will have an impact on them. Now, folks, to please don't draw the conclusion that in this example, Mike and I are always against higher taxes in all, all situations or, gee, they sound like Republicans in America because they're saying it's not – they're they're against taxes. Most large organizations generally 
would lobby for lower taxes. In fact, most people generally would say, I'd like lower taxes. And there are a lot of Americans would like to say, I'd like lower taxes and more government services, please. Thank you very much. So we don't mean to espouse a particular point of view, although probably the majority of organizations, large corporate organizations, would tend to spend their time uh, trying to get their own taxes lowered. And they would say, look, if we have to pay $100 million extra in taxes this year, that's $100 million we can't put to salary, which then wouldn't go to uh, helping the economy. Um, and there are, you can have a five-day discussion about that and not solve that problem. So please, we're not trying to make a political statement. We're just trying to give you an example. But now look, if you're talking about a rule that that liberal Democrat is trying to pass, then you can share your opinion about it. That said, you can't pillory the guy. You can't attack him. You can't attack his principles. You can't go after him personally with an ad hominem attack. You can't vilify his party. You can't make broad generalizations. It's unprofessional. It's rude. And look, it's just not nice. Okay. You can't make what others would consider to be a political partisan comment, even though it's okay to talk about how governmental operations and potential rules and regulations and taxes might affect you in a positive or negative way. You can talk dispassionately or impersonally about the law being considered, okay? Let's, let's look at two comments, right? One is, did you guys hear what that idiot Senator Miller has proposed? Another tax on shipping containers because of the cost of inspecting them at ports, right? This guy really believes that if it can be taxed, it should be taxed. Now, hopefully you've drawn the conclusion that this company has something to do with shipping shipping containers and they don't want to pay the tax at ports, which um, for those of you who don't know, shipping containers are often considered to be a concern security-wise in terms of being shipped into ports and they're hard to inspect in many cases if you're going to do it quickly in order to allow perishable goods to move through and so on. Complicated issue, right? But again, we're not taking sides on it. The other point of view is someone saying, Senator Miller is proposing a tax on shipping containers, which will hit us at some point. What's our exposure, revenue-wise or cost-wise, based on what we know about the bill being considered? That's a professional manager talking about a governmental operation, a governmental outcome having an impact on her firm. Right. Yeah, the first one was clearly political, right? Uh, a partisan political attack. And look, I can even water down the the attackness of it. I say, did you guys hear what Senator Miller has proposed? Another tax on shipping containers because the cost of inspecting them at ports is rising. This guy really believes that it can be taxed. It should be taxed. Well, I didn't attack him personally, but that clearly is a partisan political comment. Right. Um, it's becoming less partisan the more I, I, I desiccate it, if you will. But um, the other one, hey, a senator is proposing a tax on shipping containers. In fact, if you really want to be nonpartisan about it, you wouldn't even mention Senator Miller. You'd say there's a tax being proposed on shipping containers. It's going to hit us. What's our exposure based on what we know about the bill? Right. Hey, look, if you're a senior executive or a CEO and that tax is being proposed and you're not talking about it and determining what the impacts would be and what you're going to do about it, right, how you might oppose it or be involved politically to change it, you're probably going to get fired. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Be, because if it's a $50 million impact for your firm, the board would say you knew about this and you could have averted it and you spent $50 million. And the CEO says, well, I didn't spend $50 million. It just cost us $50 million. Says, yeah. Well, if you lobbied more effectively, maybe we wouldn't have cost us $50 million. And whether it, whether you say you spent it or whether it cost us the same result is we don't have the $50 million. Right. I remember one time I told a boss once, I told one boss once, I didn't spend that money. He says, it doesn't matter. We don't have it. <laughs> right. Well, look, it's not a political statement. It's a business statement, right? I mean, right. it's an impact to your bottom line and you're going to talk about it as a professional. 
Yeah, the first comment I made is a political one, right? It, it attacks the elected official's point of view, his political leanings. The second comment is professional and reasonable. In both cases now, folks, the topic is both political and operational. Virtually any governmental discussion can be made partisan and political, okay? At the same time, if it relates to your business, you can also have a nonpartisan, professional, governmental, operational, non-political discussion about it. It is how we address the issue that make our comments either palatable or unprofessional. Well, so, so therefore, what we're saying is when your government discusses ideas that relate to your business, it's okay to know about them. It's okay to talk about them. You ought to have an RSS feed that addresses them, right? It's okay to have an opinion. It's, it's okay to disagree with new laws or the elimination or change of old ones that benefit or hurt your business, depending upon the point of view. It's not professional to politicize the discussion about the making of the laws. In the same way that sometimes politicians inappropriately vilify entire industries rather than pointing out one company that has behaved improperly, it's wrong for us to characterize a government official broadly when really our professional issue is with the law or the regulation or the costs and not the particular person. It's easier to fight a person because people can put a face on things. But we're not trying to fight. We're trying to make our point known. We're trying to be persuasive. Demonizing the opponent is one way to do that, but it is a political move rather than a professional one. Right. So how about joining PACs, right? Is that a political sta a statement as well? Actually, it's, it's funny. If, you, if We're talking specifically about your company's PAC, if your company has a political yeah. action committee, right? Uh, I am reminded, after having just made the case about not talking at politics, I'm reminded of Churchill's quote, which is, I now pass with relief from the tossing sea of cause and theory to the firm ground of result and fact. Only in this case, we're going backwards. We've just established firmly that as a manager is not to speak about politics. We're on firm ground there. And now we're going to jump right back into the deep end of the ocean and say, yeah, you can't talk politics, but it's acceptable. It's even reasonable. It's even in some cases recommended for your company to go ahead and establish a political action committee to allow it to speak more clearly and frankly and openly and more and lobby for governmental laws that essentially will favor your firm. And we, we use the word favor guardedly, but the fact is that's what PACs do. They become mouthpieces for an organization. And if you're a manager or executive in that company, they have a political action committee. It's likely that you'll be asked to join. <laughs> yeah. And, and the right answer is to join. We'll talk about that in a second. So how is it possible that we say don't speak about politics, but it's okay to join? Look, first, if your firm is notably affected by governmental actions, as, as Mike alluded to just a minute ago, it is in fact a reasonable business decision, business decision to spend time and resources to attempt to persuade your government to act favorably relative to your operations. Usually, spending time doing this is most efficiently done, most efficiently done in most Western nations in the form of raising money to pay for lobbyists to communicate your firm's position to lawmakers and their staffs. Look, suppose somebody said, hey, there's a chance your firm's profits are going to be cut by $35 million. But if you spend $1 to $2 million, you may be able to keep them as, they're all, as they are. What would you do? We'd bet you'd consider spending that one to two million to save thirty-five million. Now we're not talking about graft; we're talking about uh, spending money to uh, lobby people to suggest that your way is better. And we're not suggesting buying votes because, you know, generally speaking, in the modern world, votes aren't for sale. 
Uh, there are rare exceptions, and we're certainly not suggesting you go after the most corrupt politicians, and they're corrupt politicians, I'm sure, in every country in the world. I certainly know there are corrupt politicians in America, so they, there may be elsewhere. Maybe they're not, and if they're not, please let us know. We'd like to hear about that. But look, the problem is if you find out you need to spend a couple million bucks to to lobby a whole bunch of people in all different places, which takes time and costs money, the problem with spending that money is if you don't have somebody else hired to do it, it's much, much harder to do than you realize. Folks, don't don't for a minute think that because you're an executive, you're therefore will be a good lobbyist or you'll be good and understand governmental situations. You won't. Okay. What's interesting, people say, oh, how hard can government be? Well, your government's probably been around for 100, 200, 300, 500,000 years, and your company's probably been around for 100, 150 at the most. There, there certainly are exceptions. So the government's policies and procedures and so on are somewhat more well-established than maybe your companies are. And the people who are in your government may have been there for a very long time and know exactly how to get things done there, and you don't. But here's what's worse, though. If you're going to talk about something that affects the entire company, maybe the chief executive officer or the chief legal officer get involved in discussing things with elected officials in order to encourage them to get them to vote your way to help your organization. And when they're doing that, they're not running your company. So it makes more sense to outsource this or to hire somebody else to do it. In the modern political, governmental, corporate world that we live in today, a corporate PAC is the way a lot, not all, but a lot of firms address this. There are some firms that are so heavily regulated that they have to have a permanent presence near the seat of power. And believe it or not, many laws that are written about industries uh, in America, most recently the healthcare one, has, has, has gotten a lot of attention, whether you're for or against it. The law is often written by people with experience in the industry. Or if it's not written by the people with experience in the industry, it's written by people in government who are sitting right next to people who say, yes, you can do that. No, that won't work. This won't work and so on. It seems a little crazy to have people who know nothing about an industry writing laws detailing incredibly complex things about an industry, again, that they know nothing about. Um, so these kinds of collaborations happen, and that requires a relationship, and that requires time, and that requires people doing nothing but that, again, if you're in a heavy, heavily regulated industry. Look, there are limits on corporate donations, and so individual executives are asked to become members of the corporate PAC and to donate to allow the firm to pursue its political and governmental operational activities. Not purely political, not partisan political, but its governmental operational activities. And the company PAC, despite the bad reputations of PACs, I certainly think they have many of them have a bad reputation, or in general, they have an unsavory reputation in the U.S., and that may be true elsewhere, it may not. The PAC is a way for corporate organization to have its voice heard without the senior leadership personally taking the inordinate amount of time necessary to do so. The thing is, I think what people miss is that so often when PACs are discussed, they're talked about in reference to a particularly polarizing issue. In the U.S., healthcare might might have served in that way, and there are PACs on both sides of the equation. And so people think, oh, PACs are partisan. But frankly, most PACs, most corporate PACs, are virtually always non-political and non-partisan. In the U.S., what that would mean is I don't care if I have to talk to a Republican or Democrat. I want both of their votes. And frankly, in most things in the U.S., and I assume most things in the world, it takes votes from what we would say is both sides of the aisle uh, in order to pass something. When most of us say politics, we mean something partisan, and yet PACs, political action committees, again, are almost always nonpartisan. They're called political, but they're not. They're nonpartisan. 
Now, uh, folks, don't get me wrong. There are exceptions. But corporate PACs will lobby anybody to help their business, regardless of where that elected official stands on any number of issues. Politics makes strange bedfellows. Somebody who voted against you last week will vote with you this week. What they're trying to do is persuade as many officials as possible of the validity of their case and get them to vote to support the company's position, whatever it might be. Asking someone in power to vote a certain way really isn't what we call politics today any more than voting itself is politics. It may be political after a fashion, but it's not necessarily politics. So, as Mike said, when you become an executive, you're going to be asked to join your firm's PAC. You can say no, right? I mean, you can't say no. Yeah, you can. Look, look, I mean, you know, sometimes we're strident about things because we so worry about people being misled by bad advice. I've been collecting bad advice the last two months. I've got to stop because when the Wall Street Journal writes article after article after article, and folks, don't get me wrong, I love the journal. It's my favorite reading of the day. But when the journal writes article after article after article, it's bad, 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 bad about careers and about management. I just go, oh, if they're writing bad stuff, you know. So I, I get tired of reading reading bad advice. So so sometimes we're strident because we're afraid that we our voice won't get heard and you'll follow some bad advice and get yourself in trouble. But please don't take our stridency to mean there's only one way and there's no other way. So you're right. You can say no. It's illegal for companies to compel you to do it. On the other hand, it's detrimental to your career not to do it because you're essentially saying, I want to be employed here, but I don't want to help it address governmental activities that are germane to our business that the company feels are important enough that we need a pack to do it because we're so our industry is so closely regulated that we need a voice in, in Washington or Whitehall or, or the Diet or Paris or wherever. So we would recommend, our recommendation is to go ahead and join. Now, we have something a little bit different in this cast. I thought it might be helpful. I happen to know somebody who's involved in, in governmental relations at a large firm. We know that PACs are hard to understand. It's a little bit weird, right? We, we started out by saying, don't be political. And then here we are saying, yeah, if you're an executive and you're asked, go ahead and join the PAC. We thought we'd share an example from a Fortune 500, actually probably closer to a Fortune 100 firm. And I want you to listen to this, and I want you to note how clear a distinction there is between the corporate and the personal, okay? So just, this is just a couple of paragraphs from one company's disclosure regarding political action committees. So it says this, Company X actively participates in the political process with the ultimate goal of promoting and protecting the economic future of the company. By the way, folks, economic future of the company, that's the job of the CEO and executives, right? And our stockholders and employees. We are subject to extensive regulation at the federal and state levels and are involved in a number of legislative initiatives in a broad spectrum of policy areas that can have an immediate and dramatic effect on our operations. Through our participation and that of our employees, we promote legislative and regulatory actions that further the business objectives of Company X and attempt to protect Company X from unreasonable, unnecessary, or burdensome legislative or regulatory actions at all levels of government. Company X values the right and responsibilities of our employees to participate in the political process. Such participation is entirely a matter of personal choice. Employees are free to support the political process in a variety of ways, such as through personal contributions or by volunteering their personal time to candidates or organizations of their choice. These activities, however, must not suggest Company X's support and must not be conducted on company time or involve the use of company resources, such as telephones, computers, or supplies. In addition, employees may not make or commit to political contributions on behalf of Company X, 
and Company X will not reimburse or otherwise compensate an employee for his or her personal political contributions. Company X provides an opportunity for our employees to voluntarily participate in the political process by joining the company's nonpartisan political action committee, the Company X PAC. <laughs> the Company X PAC keeps employees aware of important issues and decisions made by government officials that can affect our business and allows our employees to pool their financial resources to support candidates, campaigns, and committees in furtherance of the interests of the company and our stockholders and our employees. The political contributions made by the Company X PAC are funded entirely by the voluntary contributions of our employees, no corporate funds are used, and decisions about membership in the Company X PAC have no bearing on an employee's career at Company X. Moreover, the Company X PAC's activities are subject to comprehensive regulation by the federal government, including detailed disclosure requirements, such as monthly reports with the Federal Election Commission. And even though generally I don't like some of that, which may be boilerplate, I don't generally like boilerplate, that is a really, to me, very clear delineation of, hey, it's okay to be political, but you can't involve the company in it, and that would mean you can't be political at work. And the company has a right as a function of personhood, which in the U.S. companies are granted in order to provide them legal status so they can engage in contracts and so on. So the company has the right to have a political action committee, which essentially focuses its voice for the government. And we may ask you to join, but you don't have to, even though Mike and I are saying, if you don't, it probably will hurt your career, even though technically they're obligated to say it won't hurt your career. So that hopefully that was helpful. It's a little bit different to, to read something directly, but I don't know. Mike, you think that was okay? Yeah, I think so. And it, as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, man, it sounds like something I've read a thousand times in a couple other companies, right? So yeah, exactly. I, I yeah. Like it's that different than probably yeah, the companies of the of our listeners. Yeah. Although we'll talk a little bit more about small companies here in a little bit, because a small company wouldn't have a pack like this. They wouldn't have a that kind of detail. And yet there's still some guidance we have for small companies. Right. Okay. So at this point, hopefully you've made it clear that talking about politics at work for managers is unacceptable, right? I mean, right. Well, right. Is it okay to engage in the political process away from work? You know, I'm, we're talking about here about public political statements. Yeah. Obviously, I think in, in the example we just read, the company tried very hard to say, sure, you can, you know, you know support whatever you like. It's okay. Uh, in the US, the phrase that would be given is, it's a free country. So yeah, it's okay to be political away from work. Engage in your rights to speak freely. Engage in your rights to associate freely. Be thankful of the mantle of freedom that so many countries in the world have achieved, that someday all countries in the world will achieve. Run for office if you want to. I mean, that's that, for some people, they feel the call and that's exciting for them. But look, don't confuse, quote, it's okay to be political away from work, unquote, with that's a smart career move. <laughs> yeah. It's okay not to join the pack, but maybe yeah. not a great or smart career move. Yeah. Look, think of it this way. At the least, let's say you're being political away from work. Good for you. And if you feel strongly about it, even better. But let's say you're, you're at a rally or something. You could be recognized by others in your neighborhood as that guy who is a manager at Company X. I wonder if he's here for Company X or I wonder if Company X agrees with him being here. Then they go on air with a local TV station and through no fault of yours or theirs, other than not knowing your name and in the interest of making their cause sound good, they say, hey, we had a guy from Company X out here with us. So it's a broad base of support. Look, if your company finds out about that, they're not going to punish you, but you're going to be in hot water with your boss. Why were you on TV allowing somebody to say Company X supports their cause? And you say, well, I didn't. 
I didn't tell that person to stay there. I didn't even know that person at all. I didn't have on a, I didn't have on a company X shirt. I didn't know that they knew me. I was just there exercising my personal rights. Right. It doesn't sound like you did anything wrong. No, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't. And could you be faulted for a lack of awareness of the special role of you as a manager? Could that be translated into a lack of sensitivity for the special role of a manager within your firm and its representation outside of the firm? Could that be translated into a lack of intellect about sensitivities and, and, uh, and awareness? Yeah, it could be. And enough said. Does that sound like we're trying to have it both ways? No. We're trying to make clear that the world is a messy place. And in some cases, no good deed goes unpunished. Now, look, can you run for a local office like school board or even city council where generally elections are not political? Yeah, you can. Can you serve on the city council? Sure. In smaller locations, in smaller cities where, where party affiliations probably aren't as important to factor and you don't find people vilifying each other in the political run in, in, in the election process. But that said, are there risks in doing that? Yeah, there are. I mean, you, you generally don't hear about executives on city councils. Hey, look, if, if you're saying, I think I'll run for city council or alderman position in Chicago, that's different. That's a high visibility political position, and you are going to get into conflict of interest. And frankly, it would be it would be insane to be a Fortune 500 company executive and to be on a city council of a, a city, you know, uh, one of the top, say, 200 cities in the U.S. Because you'd have to recuse yourself from, I don't know, 10, 20 percent of the votes, which may unbalance the city council, unfortunately, because your company probably has interests related to the things that you're voting on. Right. So, yeah, there are risks. Do all these rules or recommendations apply for smaller companies as well? Yeah. We get questions all the time. Yeah, I really like – I'd like a set of casts about small companies. And I said, well, I take a random sampling of 10 casts and I think none of these don't apply. Even something like pre-wiring. If there's only four people in your company, you're going to pre-wire it. You and I were talking today about something Wendy's doing and we're going to pre-wire that, right? Right. Wendy's pre-wiring it with me now. So that said, it probably is okay to relax some of these rules somewhat at a smaller company, okay? Look, Manager Tools, I mentioned uh, our recent situation with pre-wiring. We're run very professionally here at Manager Tools, but because we are small and we work virtually, none of us are together except when we travel to conferences or clients. Look, let's be honest. We don't adhere to our own recommendations about, about how to dress at work. I mean, I wore shorts and flip-flops and a Pebble Beach polo shirt and a Pebble Beach fleece today while typing this in my home office. You're kidding me. I've been wearing suits this entire time, suit yeah. and tie. And, and, and you look good in them, too. I got to tell So we understand that small companies are different, and we still stand by our recommendations for dressing up. And if you see it as a conference or if you see us with a client, we look the part. And if you see us in our home offices, we're going to be a little bit more relaxed. It's likely that at your small firm, you're among friends, let's say, you could get away with a healthy political debate. We understand that, and we really don't relish being a killjoy and saying no more talk. This goes back to the point I made earlier about, oh, I'm just engaging in a cultural discussion with them because it wasn't American Idol that was on last night. The big healthcare vote was last night, and I know that some people disagree with me, so I want to chat with them a little bit about it. Chat being maybe a bit of a euphemism there. We don't relish the idea of being a killjoy and saying, no, 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 shame, 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 can't do that anymore. On the other hand, 
we don't mind being the canary in the coal mine either, folks, for you in small companies. If you work at a small firm, but you sometimes interact with larger firms, don't let your, I work at a small company and in my office it's okay to do this kind of stuff because there's just four of us and we're all good friends. We've known each other for years. Don't let that mentality get away from you. Don't let your ideas regarding open political discourse get carried away and get carried into a client site. At the least, you having a political discussion, let alone amongst yourselves, but even worse with them, with a client, at the least, it's rude. You, you know, you follow the simple rule of their house, their rules. And at most, it could be detrimental to your business. No big firm that you want to get work from or that you're working for now is going to directly punish you for having an opinion different from some executives. But they will look askance at you if you espouse a political viewpoint that contradicts their corporate point of view. And if they're a much larger firm, they do have a corporate point of view about those processes that relate to their ability to be profitable. Uh, and, and lest we think profit is a bad word, remember profit is a way to ensure the future existence of the organization. So that's one thing you got to be sensitive about. And another thing, I see this far more than than people realize. And and I, because Mike and I are owners of managers, I suppose somebody could get some some hidden meaning out of this. But we don't intend that, and it's not really true. Don't overestimate. If you're a small company, folks, there's five, ten, fifteen, twenty, even really fifty, sixty people. Don't overestimate your owner's willingness because she's a great person. Don't overestimate her willingness to tolerate different points of view. I mean, different than hers, right? right? Just because she's a successful entrepreneur doesn't mean she has a highly evolved sense of liberty and egality and fraternity, right? To quote the French. Your, your small business owner, your entrepreneur with 50 people and pretty successful and maybe, maybe a high-income person, they don't think of you as equals. They like you. But if you've ever had to roll coins in order to make payroll – if you've ever had your note and your house and maybe even part of your parents' house on a note for the existence of your company in order to make payroll to have cash available, you know that it doesn't matter how close your VP is to you. If you're the sole owner, the majority owner, and if the company goes bankrupt, you're the one left holding the bag, they just don't think of you as equals. And that may very well color their willingness to tolerate your differing political views. And no offense, if they're not totally professional, you're never going to know what hit you after you don't work there anymore because you think it's comfortable in a small company to have a political point of view that you didn't check to find out. Really, that's not their political point of view. So, yeah, it's probably more relaxed in small companies, but it's probably not as relaxed as everybody wants it to be. And if you really need to have free speech at work, it's easy. Start your own company and don't hire anybody else. And you can <laughs> say whatever you want. We're talking about it from the perspective of the person working for somebody else. But if you're a boss, if you're the owner of a company, and you want to go around espousing your own political views, don't be shocked if, if yeah. you don't get the results you want, right? If, you, if you're just- Yeah. That's the same thing as saying off. you're your manager. You speak for the company. If you're the owner and you're the sole manager, you got 10 people working for you. Yeah, you don't do that because it's not appropriate. And, and people may think, I have to have that political viewpoint. And even if they agree with you, I probably should have said this before, even if they agree with you, they're not going to like the idea that you're suggesting their employment carries with it a tacit agreement regarding their political point of view. And that's when they'll say, wait a minute, now you're acting like a big company. 
And you may even say to them, oh, no, it's okay. But if they look around and there have been five or six people working there that have left and some of them had different political viewpoints and they look around and they realize that everybody working with you and around you all have your exact same political viewpoint, they may discover it's not a coincidence. And they may like the political viewpoint and dislike the straitjacket that in the U.S., what they would say is, you're straitjacking me about a right my constitution guarantees me. I'm going to find another job simply because there's another job that's almost as good where I can be, where I'm not straitjacketed in that way. And they may even choose to go to a big company, which will be more understanding about their comments outside of work. Sounds weird, but I've seen it happen. Yeah. So look, a quick wrap up. We don't discuss politics at work. We never discuss politics with our directs. On the other hand, you can talk about governmental actions. We just don't make it partisan. We talk about the outcome and not the sausage making on the front end. It's okay to join a corporate-sponsored political pact. That's not a political statement. That is you asserting the company's rights and you helping the company achieve governmental outcomes. Public political statements, while technically okay, can be detrimental. And beware of that. There are risks, particularly as you get higher and higher in the organization and more have more of an executive connection with your firm. And hopefully you, you'll heed if you're in a smaller company or a manager of warnings that, yeah, it's probably more relaxed, but it's not 100% relaxed. It's not night and day. Look, folks, it's okay to have political views. Be thank thankful that your freedom, for most of us, and, that, and folks, for those of you who are listening, who are trying to be professionals in the world of business or in your organization, if you don't feel 100% free, then Mike and I will say a prayer for you tonight. Freedom is a great energy that has given mankind a great many things. And tyranny is is the opposite of freedom and has destroyed much in the world. And I would be insincere with all of you, and hopefully you won't take this as a political statement, I would be insincere with all of you if I didn't share with you one of my favorite quotes. And um, Jeremy, if you're listening, and many others, those of you who are Marines uh, and former Marines, you'll like this quote. There's a quote about the American Marines which says, freedom isn't free, but the American Marine, United States Marine Corps will pay more than your fair share. Now, we're not suggesting the projection of American power in order to make you free anywhere in the world, but we recognize that freedom is an is, is a incredible gift. If you don't have complete freedom where you are, we keep you in our thoughts and hope that there will be a, a time in your lifetime where you do have total freedom. But if you do have freedom, it allows you to have those views and allows you to express your political views freely. And nevertheless, when you join an organization, you give up some of maybe not your rights, but about you give up your willingness to exercise them at every moment you possibly can. So being free to express them doesn't mean to it, it doesn't mean it's smart to express them in a work context. Or if you're known to be associated with a public firm, sometimes it's not smart to be public about your views. Nobody's going to deny your right to express them. But some people will determine that your intemperance is a sign of lack of professional decorum, and that's not a good idea. And particularly in a firm where decorum matters, and it particularly matters among executive ranks. It's best to keep quiet about politics. If you must speak out, realize that rights aren't the same thing as smarts, or for that matter, they don't pay the bills either. There you go. That's it, partner. All right, man. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. That's it. Hope you have a great one, and we'll see you all next week. So long.